Welcome to another episode of the Three Man Weaves Best Bets Show. It's also the Field of 68's Best Bets Show and is presented by Bet Rivers. Fellas, I'm smiling. I'm grinning ear to ear because I am in a legal Bet River state for the first time doing this show. I'm in Arizona, boots on the ground for UCLA at Arizona. Really, really excited for that one. Going to be in the house. But before we get onto that, that's, that is the headliner. But before we do that, let's talk takeaways. Kai, Matt, anything for you? I'll start with you, Kai. Jim, I, I don't really have many takeaways from yesterday. Uh, suffice to say Marquette. I guess they're just super good. Um, and we've seen it coming for a while now. And I'm just like dipping toes in the water. Saw them live. Like what I see. Like what I see. The win last night was a statement. Um, I'm, I'm all in. Marquette is very good, Matt. That's what I have to say. Good job, Shaka Smart. Done a nice job. I agree, Kai. Rhode Island, not a good basketball team. Um, <laughs> trying to find any sort of way to pick a winner here for best bets. So I'm rekindling, I guess, from re-dusting off the cobwebs for the spinny Saturday. I'm bringing spinny weekdays back to the mix. Um, just trying to find something here, Jim. Takeaway macro-wise, a lot of scoring yesterday. Efficiency and tempo were both up. Overs were flowing uh, hot and heavy. I think that continues today as I look throughout the entire uh, matchup. It'd be cool if college basketball had like a uh, like a grand salami equivalent to baseball, where you bet like the total cumulative team point score for the game. I would bet the over on that today. So in general, if you like an over, I think it's going to play well. Just bet every over, says Matt. Bet every over, baby. All 70 of them. Uh, hey, my takeaway is that it is very funny to me that Mizzou lost because Florida extended the game down one immediately after Mizzou lost by not extending the game against Auburn. I, I thought that was ironic. Just- Perfect poetic justice for Quanzo Martin's terrible coaching choices. Uh, Mizzou missed a front end. Florida went down and took the lead. That's kind of the way it should go. That's the process beats results, Kai. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. Let's get into tonight's slate, starting with the battle here in Tucson, where I am. I'm actually at the, the University of Arizona library right now. Wow. Ooh, how is it, by the way? What's the, uh, how's the vibes? Good students, uh, active? Decent vibes. I don't saying? think they like a guest infringing on their, their space, but the Wi-Fi is super fast. So yeah. I'm, I'm pleased with that. A, non, a non-student guest. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, hey, you know what else is super fast? Arizona's offense, Matthew. Boom. Yes. Transition. Nice. Uh, real turbo on Seamless. offense. They are trying to get up and go. Do you think they're able to do that against UCLA in a big home revenge spot after the Bruins kind of embarrassed them at Pauley Pavilion? I think they're more likely to do it on home turf. Uh, first game played to 72 possessions. I love these quick turnarounds, these, these rematches that happen within like the course of two weeks. I, I think there's um, the scouting report, the familiarity is fresh on top of mine. Personally, I think that actually that would have favors- been a great transition point to the next game, but we'll hold that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, which actually is an even shorter turnaround anyway, but I, I, I just talked about how Kai like lots of overs today. This is an exception for me. I tend to lean under here. Um, I've looked at some of the data in the rematch spots this season, um, especially when the games are played within fairly close timeline of each other. The, the unders have played well in the second matchup. Typically the pace plays a little bit slower. Um, and while I think Arizona is more likely to control it to their up-tempo likely at home, I still think this plays a little more to a grinded out type of style. So a lot of over kind of dynamics for me side. I think the price is about right. Man, seven feels high, but I, I guess you're factoring in, Hakez likely being out. Juzang, not 100%. Revenge factor. Jim's in the house. Jeff Goodman's in the house. There's a lot going right for Arizona here. But as Jim uh, has alluded to a couple times to us privately as well, um, 
It's weird when you consider the first line. Oh, Arizona. you're gonna swipe this point from me, you rascal. No, you know what? I'm not. I'm gonna holster it. <laughs> uh seven feels high from a pure number perspective for me. I don't think Zona shoots this that poorly this game like they did in game one. Chris, it was 0 for 9 from three. Like, holy crap. They grabbed 41% of their offensive rebounds, 21 offensive rebounds for Arizona in the first game. I think it's their game. Now, Jim, what about that stat about the line here? That's interesting. Hey, let me tell you, uh, the last one closed Arizona minus three on the road. And now they're only minus seven at home. Right. And Tubelis was banged up last game, but now Hawkes is the one banged up this time. That feels like too subtle a flip. Uh, but clearly UCLA dominated them in the first game. So perhaps that's influencing the market, influencing people's projections of this game. Yeah. I kind of think the hype home crowd gets it done, similar to the way Auburn did, similar to the way Texas Tech did. Maybe it won't be quite to that level at home, but I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a, a hectic, crazy crowd for a team that is top 10 in the country taking on a top five foe. So I'm leaning towards Arizona, actually leaning towards the overmat. I think they control tempo better than they did at UCLA, but we'll see. Um, certainly uh, an intriguing one on the slate tonight. Yeah. Early money on Arizona and the over both have been bet up. So. All right. To the next game on the outline, another quick turnaround rematch. Uh, Wyoming was just at Boise state like a little over a week ago, nearly one put on a late run, almost got it done. Now they get to host the Broncos. They're only minus one Kai seems a little short considering they almost got the road win. Uh, or is it correct? Let me, let me get your takes on this, this number. I do think it's a little short and it's a big chance for the cow pokes, uh, to, to get really solidify their, their tournament, uh, standing and for Boise as well to extend their lead in the mountain West, really assert their dominant dominance here. Game one, Matt back and forth Boise won by three, but I, I would say both teams had an equal chance to win that game. EK and Maldonado dominated. I expect the same here because Maldonado is unreal. I mean, that guy rocks. He is amazing. Um, I like home Wyoming here, Matt. Yeah, my gut is screaming Wyoming here. I, my only concern is that they just had what amounted to their Super Bowl so far in the season, beating Colorado State um, just a few nights ago, and they rushed the court. It was an absolute pandemonium scene there. It's hard to make a case that there's going to be a letdown when you have Boise coming to town, who's like top of the Mountain West totem pole. Um, but it is harder to exert multiple max efforts, I think, especially with such a ter- uh, short turnaround. I think there's actually a better matchup here for EK inside. I think Maldonado was the key as a post-up weapon against Colorado state, but I think EK actually can score over Armas. That's if there's a weakness in Boise's defense, um, it's actually Armas up front as much as uh, we, we kind of view him as like a physical enforcer. He's sort of ground bound and he's not the best defender vertically. I think that's how Wyoming gets their, uh, gets their points here, Jim. Yeah, Wyoming minus one is my best bet. Just going to spring that one early here. I am all I'm over Wyoming. some brown, baby. Let's go. Good. Sure. Boy. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a great matchup for him. One, one key in the first meeting was that EK was able to play all 40 minutes. He, he yes. wasn't in foul trouble at all. Maybe that won't be the case this time, but I do think he can exploit Armis inside. They're going to try to guard him one-on-one because they like to take away the three-point line and Wyoming has shooters. I think he and Maldonado can both score individually one-on-one inside. Um, and man, they made a big run on, on, on Boise late at Boise. I think the revenge factor will play up a little bit. The adjustments they make, I view these teams as pretty close to equal. So minus one at Wyoming, the, the altitude that they have there, yeah, Boise has been playing down. all kinds of close games and somehow winning despite being one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country. I, I think that catches up to them. I am taking the Cowboys here. All right, let's stay West. A lot of great games out West. The rise of the mountain and Pacific time zones today. Uh, we're going to BYU. 
where we have another rematch in league play. BYU came back with a furious comeback at San Francisco to get an outright win there. Matt, do the Dons exact some revenge in Provo? I think they do, um, but I think the number's way too low. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone in the world higher than we are on the Dons, but to see BYU only two-point favorite at home, is, it's essentially implying that San Francisco is just an outright better team than the Cougars. I think they're near equals. Um, I, I feel like the odds makers are almost expecting like this wave of San Francisco money. Uh, perhaps they're listening to our show and trying to get out ahead of that steam. Uh, probably not, but just some speculation there, Kai. I just think the spread's too low. I want to back the Dons. I think they are overly due for a complete 40-minute effort against either St. Mary's or BYU. Um, they proved they were arguably the better team, debatably, in the first two matchups of both. The blue the St. Mary's game. Um, yep. BYU's been, you know, they just can't get over that hump either. It seems like they get over it tonight, but again, the price is not right, so I can't bet it. This will be a theme for a couple of games in the rundown here. Um, revenge spots on the road for teams that lost at home in their previous game. This is the first one here, San Fran. Yep. They lost to BYU at home. Uh, the number is crazy. Minus one and a half for BYU. That's crazy. You think San Francisco's minus one and a half-ish, minus two on a neutral? I probably disagree with that. I, I think the number is crazy, and I lean BYU in that sense. However, as you mentioned, Matt, USF up 10 in the second half in game one, blew it three for 23 from three in that first game. Half think they shoot better than this one. Half think they're motivated. So the heart is on San Francisco. The number is on BYU. Yeah, I have no further points. I think these guys said basically everything that I would have. I, I just I have to stay away because I kind of think San Francisco wins, but my number wants the other side. So uh, a stay away, hard stay away. Some people saying that the uh, Boise spread just flipped, trying to figure out why that might have been. Some places, that, yeah, some places uh, uh, Boise took some money. Yeah, yeah. if you can get Wyoming as a dog, I'd take it. I see Shot Quality just tweeted out that their projection has Boise as a three-point favorite. I know people are pretty in tune with that, so mm-hmm. perhaps some reaction to that, just trying to line up the timing of that post and the, oh, the We should tweet we'll that say. my best bet is Wyoming. And That's right, boom, maybe. Right Punch yeah. it back. The yeah. weave steam. Okay. Uh, Kai, we have a second straight game here where you're talking about the the home team lost the or the road team now lost at home in the first meeting. And that was Oregon. They got up big against Colorado and then slowly but surely blew it. Uh, Got down like seven or eight late in the game to Colorado. But that was a Colorado team that had Eli Parquet and it had Tristan Da Silva. We don't know if those guys are going to be able to go tonight. Uh, the other factor that's, that's worth mentioning is Oregon hasn't won in Boulder since Colorado joined the PAC 12. So Kai, are they able to break that streak tonight? I think so. I think this is a revenge spot that Oregon gets done. Colorado as a reminder, three, seven and two against the spread this year at home, not your typical Colorado home court. We've seen Matt in the past game one, three point splits. I think are a nice theme here as well. Eight for 15 from deep Colorado was it's over 50%, 20 for 22 from the free throw line. Had 17 turnovers, didn't matter. Uh, Oregon just could not stop them from putting the ball through the basket. I didn't get a better effort from the Ducks here. And it's also a huge resume chance for them uh, to bolster that, that, that tournament resume. I just have nightmares, Jim. You mentioned that stat of Oregon failing to take care of business in altitude. I just I can think of three straight years where I bet Oregon at Colorado, and it always ends up in a flat clunker. Uh, I think Peyton Pritchard was 0 for 4 in his career against the spread there. I need to double-check the data on that, but – um, whenever it seems like this spread's too short, it, it isn't. That's that's my advice to you guys. I think this is an unbelievable spot for Oregon. If there's ever a time they're going to get over that stupid hump and break through, this is it. But the market's bet it up to two and a half. Uh, Oregon minus two and a half. 
that price, I can't lay it. I think at two or one, you can maybe talk me into it, but I'm going to lay two in the hook here. Yeah, over two is a little dicier. Uh, and this is a veteran team. This is a whole bunch of guys that haven't played at Colorado yet. Like, it's not like like Pritchard, where he lost year after year after year. Jacob Young hasn't played there. Garrier hasn't played there. Harmon hasn't played there. Sarez hasn't played there. So I, I think it's a decent spot for him. Maybe it's just a Tad Boyle has Dana Altman's number, but I'm, I'm going with more with the adjustment angle and short spread. Basically just have to win. I, I'm leaning towards the Ducks heavily. All right, let's go to chat mob, guys. Kai, you are my czar. Lots of questions rolling in. Big slate today. So yeah, Well, you know know what game we're talking about first. It's one that tips in 17 minutes. It's also Pat's lock of the day. I think Scott's lock of the day as well. A couple locks in the chat. We love it. Liberty is playing Bellarmine. Uh, These guys like Liberty. Jim, I'll go to you first. Uh, Spreads around three and a half, four. Four points now in favor of Liberty on the road. Yeah, that might be a little high. I, I kind of like Liberty in opener. I saw two, some two last night and was like, oh, I could, I could get down with the Flames bounce back spot after they lost disappointingly to Jacksonville State. I, they might have had one earlier in the week, actually. But um, I think the pack line is going to give Bellarmine problems. Like that, that motion offense is going to struggle against a team that's just packing it in and saying, dare to shoot over the top. So lean towards Liberty with, with the chat mob. Matt, a I game that I need to. Price is not right, though. Also over a ton of points in this matchup last Ooh. year. Okay. Matt, uh, one dumb, dumb Hawk has two locks. His first one is yes. rice. His first one's rice over UTSA minus 10. We liked UTSA at the opener, but it got bet down quickly. What do you think? Yes, it did. And for that reason, I can no longer endorse UTSA, but Hey, if you like rice, now's the time to hop in. So, um, I just think the Roadrunners are sneaky feisty. They blew a couple of covers to last weekend. Um, and rice while, offensively prolific, they can struggle to, to defend. And I think ETSA actually has an advantage in the front court. So I, I do like the roadrunners here, Kai. Jim, his other lock is Utah State minus 20 against San Jose State. What do you think? Uh, yeah, probably. Utah State seems like they're playing well. They know that they have to win big and get up in metrics because they have so many losses. Yeah, uh, Odom's pretty smart. And San Jose State's been awful since Diallo went out. So yeah. I, I'm okay with that one. Matthew pound it is on nickel state minus 10 and a half against incarnate word. Your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I've kind of shirked on my uh, Southland handicapping gym. Any thoughts here? I guess I lean nickels because betting incarnate words has been a terrible investment strategy so far this season. Yeah, Matt loves incarnate word. Uh, yeah. I, I think Nichols is going to Nichols like, tur- I think they played Houston Baptist last game and they just destroyed him in the second half. I, I could see something similar happening here. Jim, uh, one of Scott's locks is FIU minus eight and a half against Southern Miss. Southern Miss team that's terrible. What do you Man, think? The chat's got locks for locks. days. A lot of yeah, locks. Holy cow. Um, I liked the under here, Kai. I did not like a side. I think it's going to be kind of a gross half court game. Southern Miss trying to slow things down. FIU is not playing as fast as normal. So lean towards the under there. Matt, bit of a total question here, but feel free to talk about the side. Florida Atlantic is hosting Louisiana Tech in an enormous Conference USA matchup. Uh, La Tech is minus two and a half. The total is pending, pending, pending. Start talking. It is 141. I gotcha. Boom. Um, Thank you. I have no total take. I do have a side take. Okay. Um, I lean La Tech as good as Florida Atlantic's been, especially at home. I think it's a good spot to back La Tech at a pretty cheap price on the road after that loss at home to North Texas. Again, they probably should have won, by the way. Um, I, I do lean La Tech here going to Florida. Jim agrees. I, sounds I like. agree. Yep. Jim Harry asks about Bryant and St. Francis. Also some over questions in that game, but 
We have to be careful. Peter Kiss. I'll take this one. Peter Kiss might be out. Oh, Jim. Yep. I got to bail for a second. I'll be back. You guys are going to have to take it too, man. Sounds good. See you, Jim. Uh, Arizona kids starting. They should be in line going to the game tonight. Why are we in the I love library? it. I Maybe love it. Thursday. All right. Continue, Jim, Jim got kicked out of his library reservation. He didn't have a reservation. That's okay. We, we press on that. We're professionals here. Uh, Bryant and Brian over. Peter Kiss is suspended. He is their best player. I would be careful betting on Bryant or the over in this game. However, minus two is pretty short. Even without him, I think they're pretty talented. It's a very cheap price. I would agree. Um, I, Kiss is so important, though. He's like yep. arguably the most valuable player in that conference, what he means on both ends. Um, and don't disrespect St. Francis PA. Like, it, There's no good home courts, really, in the NEC except for St. Francis PA. Going yep. to Laredo, West, Western Pennsylvania is usually a tricky spot for teams. And the Red Flash have some firepower. They don't guard anybody. They're terrible transition D, but I think um, I think it's a, a, a dicey spot. I do like the over, though. I think there's a shit ton of points in this game. I'm going to hog the mic on this one as well. James oh. Madison is going Northeastern. Spreads minus one and a half for Northeastern. Northeastern's 0-10 in the CAA. I'll tell you what. I think it's a good spot for them to get it. Um, to call Molson for James Madison, guy who I thought was going to be the best player heading into the year. He's been pretty good. Um, he's out. He, I think he's done for the year. Uh, and James Madison's been unfortunate, Matt, the last few games. Yeah, they haven't defended. Um, they came off the COVID pause, and they just have not been the same defensively uh, since we saw them really be a non-conference darling. All right, here we go. Matthew, Merrimack, Mount St. Mary's. This one's from Paris. What do you think? Merrimack <sighs> plus six. I would lean Merrimack. It does feel a little bit high, but Mount St. Mary's, I, I they should have a pretty massive size advantage up front, even without Jefferson. I need to check on his status. Again, the, the extras have murdered me this season, so I apologize for my lack of diligence on the extra board. That's okay. Uh, hey, Tooch, Stephen F. Austin, Utah Valley. I got a small opinion here. I liked SFA at the opener. I thought it was super low. I, I think I yeah. got it around two and a half, but three and a half, Mm, maybe a little bit high. I love this F- SFA team, Matt. And I think they can compete with AMAC inside. Gavin Kinsmill is a yes, man. He's he did. a man. Had 37 uh, last weekend against Daniel Aiken and Cal Baptist. That's going to be a fun match of Kinsmill versus AMAC. Fun fact, Kai, first meeting between these two ever. Really? Um, you know, talk about like the new yeah. black. We're seeing these first time road trips in a pretty geographically spread conference. Do you think that plays out for a pretty strong home court? However, Utah Valley's had a week off. Um, so should be pretty well prepared and pretty well rusted. All right, let's finish off this first round with these two questions from Fondell. Matt, I'm giving you Belmont heading to Tennessee State. Not a far travel here. I believe they're both in Nashville. Uh, Nashville, baby. Minus 15 and a half. What do you think? Um, In general, I do not fade Belmont in conference with the bottom dregs of the OVC. Now, I know they have some talent in Tennessee State. They can play really well at times, but they are erratic and it's just not a, I, I just don't think you need to fade Belmont here. I guess if, so if you're trying to back Belmont, uh, could argue that's a decent spot laying 16. It's a kind of a high price though. Okay. It's high. They can be anybody by pick a number in the OVC, but why force it? There's so many other games out there. Yeah. There's other games. Uh, last one for Fondell here. And then we'll go back to the outline, Matt, you're going to be the host. So I'm going to, I'm yep. going to pass it to you. Yep. LMU is going to Santa Clara. I think nine points is pretty high. I know LMU has been terrible. I know Santa Clara has been pretty good. I would probably lean towards LMU. That's a lot of points. Been bet down a point. Uh, LMU, I think, is in turmoil behind the scenes. Um, just on a pure price perspective, I think LMU is the right side, but would definitely not bet it given the way they're trending and the way Santa Clara has played the last few weeks with both of their bigs back in the fold. All right, that's round one. Matt, run down. 
do it. Hoss it. Well, Iowa or Iowa at Ohio State is no longer Kais. We are replacing that with Towson and Hofstra. Towson Hofstra. I gave it. it. Um, Colonial showdown between two of the heavy hitters in that conference. In general, it's been a topsy turvy year in that league, as it pretty much always is. I watched this first matchup pretty closely. Towson went absolutely nuclear, uh, even without Nolan. And I got to think he's out here again today for for the Tigers. Now Hofstra, they're finally at full strength and have Cooks in that first matchup. I think it's a fascinating handicap both ways. Hofstra minus three. It's a pretty sharp price, in my opinion. Uh, Any gut leans for you? Is it three? Hofstra? Yeah. It's three. Yeah, it's three. Man, um, I, I think this is Hofstra's game. Um, they they kind of get a chance to show that no, Towson's not the CAA alphas. Also, apologies to Wilmington. We're the CAA alphas. Hofstra, Towson's ranked top ninety now in Kempom. They're good. Are they that good? I, I don't know, Matt. With Nolan still out, yes, game one, Towson won by twelve. Zach Cooks was out for Hofstra. Towson hit sixteen threes compared to Hofstra's eight twenty eight. Yeah, Pride have plenty of size, strength to battle the scary ball. Towson's bully ball they play inside. So. I actually lean towards uh, Hofstra here. Line's pretty fair. Line's pretty sharp. Don't hate it at all. All right, let's keep on cruising. Headed out west. Stanford hosting Washington State. Another spread where I can see people looking at it and say, ah, this spread stinks. Um, the short spread, Washington yep. State. It's been bet up, though, now, so I think it looks more proper just to the naked eye. Uh, minus two and a half at Stanford. Came down Stanford a little beat, bit. It came down, so there's been some tug of war. Good to see. Uh, but Stanford did beat Washington state earlier this season. So it sets up pretty well for a revenge angle. If you're into that, I think the Cougars Kai have played sneakily really well the last few weeks. Um, they had kind of some roster rotational shakeups um, there. It's sort of the heart of the season. I think they're starting to sort those out. feels like a buy low type of team. Yeah. I mean, it got to three and a half minus three and a half. And I thought that was nuts. Um, the number, but it's another yet again, revenge road spot here. Stanford crushed them in the second half of game one. Um, they got up by, I think it was four, as many as 14, but Wazoo is up by 12 in the first half. Size is a strength for both teams. I would say yes. Wazoo probably relies on it a little bit more than Stanford, so maybe edge Stanford. But Wazoo also has the highest three-point attempt rate in the Pac-12, can play that perimeter ball. Stanford gives up a lot of threes. They prefer to uh, protect the paint inside. The number, once again, just like the Dons here, is Stanford for me, but the heart is Wazoo, Matthew. Yeah, it's right. It's funny. Like you have the Kyle Smith, Todd Golden connection and our takes on both matchups are pretty the same. We want to back yeah. both of them, but the odds makers have said they, they've definitely shaded no, 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 the line. No, no, it no, feels no. like in their, oh, yeah. in their favor. Yeah. Yes. Matthew, oh yeah. I'm hosting the rundown. <laughs> uh, tough. I need to have my teleprompter scripted here. Hey, we're staying out West Kai USC going to Arizona state. This matchup brings up all kinds of tumultuous memories from my Best bet gone wrong when I backed the Sun Devils in Los Angeles. Again, they led by, I think, 14 in the first half and then ultimately lost by what felt like 50. Uh, complete collapse down the stretch. However, we just saw the Sun Devils compete admirably at Arizona. Got Jay Heath back. They are closer to being fully healthy. Still no Bagley. Um, I still think the Arizona State team, when you have a full roster intact save Bagley. it's a competitive team i took arizona state again because i'm a masochist where do you stand yeah i swore off asu too early took a tired arizona team against them you're on the other side good job by you shame on me i still don't trust them and i bet them against usc like you did matt in game one you're right 
They got up 22 to 10. And then USC rolled them. They got up by as many as 25. Yep. No Heath, no Lawrence. That was not known pregame. Uh, that well, maybe one of them was, but Heath, I don't think was known. That turned out to be huge. Um, it, but USC also just dominated them. 15 0 boards, 47% of their misses they got. There's no answer inside for, for ASU. So while my number kind of leans their way at home, I'm staying away in this game. Yeah, I just was encouraged by how the front court competed at Arizona. Like if you can compete with Arizona's front line, I think you can compete with USC's. There's not a big uh, discrepancy just in terms of sheer size and, and bridge strength there. Come on, Bobby Hurley, dig in for me. He likes his team, says they're playing better. So, of mm-hmm. course, I'm a sucker for coach speak, and I will take that bait anytime it's there. Um, we're going back east. I believe this is an earlier start, um, five, maybe not early, early, but earlier than, than the standard six to eight slate. Georgetown hosting St. John's. The Johnny's put it on the Hoyas in the first being between these two. Um, the Hoyas, Kai, are tough not to crack. Like, I think we watched them and were generally repulsed, especially on the defensive end. If you look at their against the spread record performance the last, what, two weeks since they've gotten Donald Carey back, been much more impressive. Yep. Um, I thought they were competitive. Villanova, UConn was the outlier. They were just completely overwhelmed inside. The last two have been decent. So I need to just trust my number here, and I reluctantly did. I, I took five with the Hoyas. I know you're with me. You're riding with me. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think I've been on them. Well, not every single game last couple, but they're, they're three and two against the spread last five games. Last five. They, that's how, yeah. they compete as a dog in, in conference play. Now, game one was ugly. The Johnnies, uh, they, they crushed them. They're missing Donald Carey, Georgetown. That's enormous. Yeah. Like you, like you said, Johnny scored 1.22 points per possession. Georgetown has buttoned down the hatches somewhat last two games on defense. They were playing historically poor on that end. Now they played Butler and Seton Hall without Aiken, so it's kind of a caveat. Yeah. And I'm worried about Georgetown handling the ball against St. John's pressure. I'm worried about them playing up tempo. They've been much slower in Big East play. But I think there's value on plus five at Georgetown here. So I'm with you, Matt. I'm leaning that way. Yeah, I, mean, I think there's value. And I gave Georgetown like no home. I was like, let's just look, make this line the most conservative I could possibly make it. And I still think uh, five uh, at home, getting five at home is, is too many. Yep. All right. Outline has been complete. I assume we're going to hit a flurry of chat mob questions. Kai, let's, let's drag this out. We got time to kill. It's only 1226 central standard time here. So I'll, I'll help you round them up too. If you're uh, overwhelmed. I, I got them, man. I got them all yeah, like snaking it. around my, my little paper here, Matt L I U sacred heart from Sakrathar. Who do you got in this one? I think there are guys out for L I U. Is that true? Minus three and a half. Uh, I don't Jim, believe so. I thought they Jim had talked uh, about suspensions, but I'm not sure. I believe um, you get slammed down three points. Let me double check that. I don't have my notes on LIU. I mean, just a general, I think LIU should dominate this game. Massive size advantage up front, talent gap, but LIU is LIU and they tend to play dumb at times. Think of LIU as like a poor man's Rhode Island. Flowers. Flowers is out. Quite important. <laughs> yeah. Well, then flowers is everything. Thank you. Uh, God, thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the uh, Johnny yeah. on the spot input there in the chat. He is suspended. Yeah, he matters. I'll be honest, even at three and a half without him, I take it. I think they're still better without flowers. I'd stay fully away. It's a dumb team. It's a stupid, stupid it's a team. Dumbass team. They play bad basketball. It's a dumbass uh, team. Denver, North Dakota from Nash here. Um, my number was leaning North Dakota, but Matt, I don't know if Caleb Nero's coming back. I don't know if Suker's coming back from North Dakota. I certainly don't think Denver should be a favorite on the road against anybody. Um, I'm staying away. Minus one and a half, Denver. Yeah, Denver ran circles around him um, in altitude in the first meeting. Kai, guess what? North Dakota at home has not been so bad. 
Oh, I just like yeah, Omaha. Great home court. Yeah. I think North Dakota and Omaha both are teams that we like generally are pretty abysmal, but they've been feisty and competitive relative to odds makers expectations at home. Um, so don't be scared to, to back the, the note X here. I think they, I think them as a dog against Denver. Be a little at scared. Home. Okay. I guess I'm a little scared. Fine. Uh, Fine. Matt South Alabama minus two and a half at Georgia Southern from Tim. I really got nothing here. Georgia Southern is all the way healthy. They got Cam Bryant back. They are. I think both teams are fully healthy. We talked about how South Alabama got Turbo Jones back a few games ago, who really hasn't done anything. So we should probably stop bringing him up as like a key part of this team. They have plenty of other talent and depth. Um, USA did beat Georgia Southern earlier this year at home. So if you like that revenge angle, um, maybe you lean Georgia Southern. I do think the price is a little bit high too. I guess I do lean Georgia Southern, Kai, as I talk myself into it. Uh, from Ethan and a few others here, I'll take this one. Drexel against Delaware. Uh, it's down to four. I liked it better than it was four and a half, five, but I, I was liking Drexel. And I like some dragons too. That's mainly because of Dylan Painter likely being out for Delaware. Drexel has been bad lately in conference play. Um, and Dylan Painter is a huge piece to, to Delaware, obviously. Yep. Their best big man. And Delaware beat them first time at Drexel. So again, if you're revenge, revenge bounce back angle, which I do think matters a little bit, guys. Sorry to regurgitate that point, but I think that stuff does matter. Matt Graham asks about your two teams, Moorhead State and Tennessee Tech. Moorhead is minus 11. Tennessee Tech's feisty. What do you think? Uh, So they just played on Monday. So it's a rematch, right? One of these quasi back-to-backs. That game closed Moorhead minus five at Tennessee Tech. So this spread should be about 11-ish, which is where it sits. Um, So hard to say that like this is a mispricing or anything. Moorhead was up 25 in that game. Bogus run allowed Tech to get back into it. Mm -hmm. Could argue Tech gets blown out again. I don't know. I go both ways in this one. Next one here we'll hit. uh, We got twofer from Ryan here. First one, St. Mary's in Portland. 14 points ah, at home. Shante Legans is a great coach. Randy Bennett, not really going to push the tempo for St. Mary's. I guess it feels like too many points, but I'm not looking to fade St. Mary's. Nope, I'm not either. I thought it's too many points. Uh, I wrote down as a gut bet St. Mary's, one of like four. I was like, just look at the slate and said, I think St. Mary's blows them out, but that's not a cheap, that's no bargain. I'll say that. So I think if you got a 13 and a half, um, close to the opener, you probably get a better price than what's currently out there, which is 14 and a half, 15. So yeah, nothing for me there. Matt, I'm kind of leaning Oakland on his other one here. Oakland minus three at Northern Kentucky. I don't give the Norris a whole lot of credit, though they did just beat Wright State. They've been better. They've been better. Um, Your thoughts? They, they just got, who is their big guy back? I'm blanking. Is it Nelson or who's the other? Am I confusing him? They, oh, he Wright was State. out for a game or, or two. North Dakota State. I don't know. Oh, yeah. No, the other, uh, you're right, Grant Nelson. No, but Dorta Crows, they've been better. The Nodax have been better. One five in a row. Um, I like the, the Norse, over, actually. The Norse. The Norse. I like the over, the, too. The no, the no Kents. The No Kents. The No Kents. The No Kent Norses. What's yes. a Norse? Have we, have we did it's like a Viking Norse? warrior. Like a, like Norse, a, like a legend, like a folklore type thing? I think like a real, Norse was... it was a real thing. Okay. Yeah, they're real. <laughs> they're real. Okay, they're real things. <laughs> uh, Washington versus California. <laughs> From Ken, spread is minus two in favor of California. I'll tell you what, if Andre Kelly is out again, Matt, which I don't know if he is, I kind of like Washington, who is sneakily six and three in the Pac-12. Yep, we gave up on him too soon. Can't overreact, kids. However, I think the line's way too cheap if Kelly plays. Kelly but plays, I, have no, sure. I have no indication that he's going to. Um, I would argue he's their most valuable player. So for the guy who always says players don't matter, I think this one, he does. 
Pepperdine at Pacific, uh, three and a half point spread. Well, I think Pepperdine is just terrible. Just mm-hmm. absolutely terrible. They're supposed to be getting Jan Zadek back today. He's important. Pacific's not any good, but Matt, I probably think they're better than, than Pepperdine here. Better than a half point on neutral. They are the worst team in the country. ATS. Let's remind people at home of that, uh, any, any lean there. I'm just still mad at Pacific for competing with St. or Santa Clara and then giving up a, what, 30 to zero run, whatever the hell that was. Um, yeah, no takes on this game. I, I don't really like either team right now, so stay away. There's, there's other games out there, kids. You probably have a better take on this one. Hawaii yeah. is at UC Riverside. Yes. Minus two and a half in favor of the Highlanders. You love Hawaii, don't you? I love Hawaii, but the odds makers love Hawaii as well. Um, I think minus three is a very cheap price if you're not buying my whole bow shtick and you think Riverside's still very good, which they are very well coached. But without J.P. Moore and Kai, I don't know if I trust that offense, especially against Hawaii's defense and that size. Hawaii coming to mainland has usually been a um, you know a negative EV bet, I guess. I think people sometimes discount you know people going to Hawaii, but the Hawaii coming to the mainland is also a tough spot too. Would be weary of that if you're looking to back my bows because they are my bows. Let's talk. Toreros and Zags, Dom, and courtesy of Matt as well in the chat. Uh, 23 point spread. My my feeling here is why try to time the Gonzaga major spread game? Just stay away. I, I don't know. Gonzaga could absolutely win this game by 40. That's probably more likely than having an off night, Matt. I don't know. What do you think? They just play so fast that they're just so good at running up the score. And that's what's terrifying about Gonzaga the last two seasons in particular uh, in this conference. And I respect the hell out of San Diego. I think the spread's way too big. I might be hopping in small in San Diego, but, um, but yeah, you know me, I like to catch falling knives. So you too. That phrase is great too. Uh, J rush St. Thomas plus six and a half at Kansas city, UMKC, the ruse boy, talk about a game. I have absolutely zero opinion on here, Matt. Um, St. Thomas has not been as big of a juggernaut ATS mm. as they, as They're they mortal. were early in the season. Turns out when you're not making 50% from NBA range, you can be oh, yeah. when your defense is basically non-existent. And that's what it has been the last few games. I think St. Thomas is crashing back down to earth. It was a fun little story to start. I think that's a great program. They're going to be awesome long-term, but they're probably a good fade the latter half of the year. Problem is Kai. I don't like taking UMKC as a favorite. So I think they're two yeah. and six so far this year as a favorite. Billy Donlin better as a dog, not as good as a favorite. So I stayed away. Um, a game that I am surprised where the spread's at based on current form, Troy, Georgia state, six and a half points spread. Troy's been playing better than Georgia state. You could probably argue Georgia state minus six and a half and the, the way better team in our opinion, they've just been playing poorly so far. I think this, I think the line's pretty sharp, Matt. I got no side. Yeah. Line is very sharp. Um, Duke miles has finally played like four games in a row. Who's arguably the most valuable player. He was a stud last weekend, but Georgia state's won two in a row. So you could argue that's sort of the start of their hopeful upswing that we've been waiting on, uh, perhaps too stubbornly. Uh, Paris in the chat had a lock. It's an interesting lock. It's an extra total lock. He says Stetson Lipscomb over is the lock. I actually like the under. Uh, I, I know the game went to like 200 points against Eastern Kentucky, but the shooting in that game was absolutely batshit insane. And aside from that, Stetson's been kind of an under team without Rob Perry. So I would lean towards the under in that game, but that's uh, not, not strong, Matthew. You don't have to yeah, give an opinion on that one. You I got, don't think you I have two one. More yeah. Here. Keep going. Yeah. I don't have one. No opinion. Matt, sorry. Got a two for Western Illinois or Roberts. How about this total somewhere in the one sixties right now? Um, I love the over. 
I'm trying to see if I actually we, we got down on that. I, I think it got bet up a we little did indeed. bit. We did. Okay, good. Yeah, this line should be shaded up. I don't know why they opened it, basically, what the total closed last game when there was, hold on, give me a second. Some here. like 80 70, possessions. 77 yeah. possessions, and it fl- I didn't fly over, but it went over pretty easily. Take, the over. Take yeah. the over, kids. Detroit Wright State is his other question. Wright State minus four, man. Uh, preseason, I would love that spread, Matt, but Wright State's been terrible. And you read a lot of quotes from uh, Nagy recently. Loves Guy It doesn't sound great. No, he's he's like, he's been, he's one of the more like honest coaches when it comes to assessing his team. He's eviscerates how badly they defend, but praises how awesome they are on offense. I think they can score at will against Detroit, but I also think Antoine Davis could go for 40 in this game. Um, key note, Noah Waterman, I believe is, out he could return from protocols today i think he's really important for the from the guy who again says players don't matter i think he's one of the few that does yeah right um how about your boys at seattle from ethan seattle is playing new mexico state no grand canyon Canyon. they play new mexico state this weekend i think grand canyon minus six and a half grand canyon um no i think you your mistake was a well um a well-timed insertion because I think that this schedule sandwich spot for Seattle could be a dicey situation. I think it's too high. I think Seattle is awesome. Grand Canyon's lost three in a row. I'd argue they were a little bit over inflated a few weeks ago and they're starting to kind of come back down to where we probably had them preseason. I actually would lean Seattle, man. If you like Wellington, you want to keep riding the hot hand. I think Seattle's another great hot hand to ride and you get a better price in this game compared to the, uh, Eli Wilmington game, which we probably should talk about as well. Did we hit that yet? We haven't yet, have we? We are about to after this Good. one. Good. App, App State at Texas State. Uh, Texas State plus four. Can't tell if App State's actually good or just lucky, but they're something like eight and two right now in the Sun Belt. They're in first place. I guess I went towards Texas State, but again, this is a sharp line, in my opinion. It is. Another team where I was like, I like App State, and then they didn't really play well, and I was like, ah, maybe I should reassess. And then sure enough, they rattle off like, what, five wins in a row. Um, I lean Texas State as well, but the Sun Belt has been a who the hell knows this season. Um, completely whack-a-mole with this conference. So no confidence on like any team really in this league. All right, let's talk about arguably the most asked about game in the chat. Elon is hosting UNC Wilmington, who is, I believe, 9-0 in the CAA and against the spread, which is nuts. They've been down like double digits every single game. Right. Elon's plus one. People think this is a uh, fishy spread due to that. You look at analytics, it wouldn't say that. Matt, is there any reason you should step in front of the UNC Wilmington train here uh, and and bet against them? No, it would be pretty on brand for me to take Elon here. I I will say, I think the line's fine. People are asking if the line stinks. Um, I need to double check if the line closed in the first matchup, but Elon was up, I believe, I'm looking at the, 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 game chart now they're 12 points late in the second half again one of like the myriad of comebacks that Wilmington's pulled off and Elon didn't really shoot that well in that game line closed one and a half in favor of Wilmington okay and that game was at um it was at Wilmington Wilmington. okay so yeah I mean I you could argue this line should actually be a little bit higher but Wilmington's played so damn well that clearly they've made the adjustments I think the line's fine kids don't I mean I don't think your line should be a lot higher right like, I, I don't know. I, I've reacted to Wilmington. Should strong. be three. I think they're better. I probably should be three or four, honestly. But uh, no Torrance Watson last game as well for Elon. You're I don't care that much. I don't care that much. Okay, two more. Then we got best bets here. Eastern Michigan and Ohio. Uh, I know it's scary, but man, I like Eastern Michigan here. I think the spread's just way too high. 15 and a half. Noah Farrakhan's awesome. Um, yes, Ohio rocks. 
no Ben Roderick last two games. Didn't matter against Ball State, Matt. You're Ball sure State didn't. Cardinals, but sure I, I do think EMU has the firepower to, to at least keep it within 15. Yeah, Ball State was tied 24-24, and then they let up a 28-0 run. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you go 20, you're tied with the team, score 24 points in 10 minutes, and then you don't score for another 12 minutes. Anyway, that aside, I think the line's way too high. Um, every MAC game on, what was that, Monday, which is like a complete runaway, Ohio and Toledo blew yep. out who they played. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could argue Ohio and Toledo are like dueling dragons, and they're trying to kind of outdo one another, like who can demolish their other teams by more. But EMU is they got talent. 16 is too many. Yeah. I'm with you. Too many points. Uh, double dragon. Great game. Uh, okay. Last one. William and Mary is hosting Charleston plus seven and a half. William and Mary. I probably lean towards the tribe here with the points. They have been pretty good in the colonial and they're still very, very low analytically and inherently Matt, I think getting a little bit of value every single game uh, spread wise. I just saw it got, it's been bet up to eight. I did not see that. I might be adding William and Mary. Um, who, yeah, who's yeah, been I mean, at the same time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's the William and Mary and this game will play to a very high number. Right. So it's one of those where you have to like, you look at eight, you have to treat it more like nine or something on these higher possession type games. Yeah. All right, Charles, guys. I believe is still playing the fastest tempo. Yeah, they are. They are the number one in the country. Yep. Uh, Matt best bet. Should we remind the folks at home with Jim's best bet, which he got in before he left he did. Uh, before he was kicked out of the library, which was admirable of him. It is Wyoming minus one um, from Jim. So we wish the cow pokes luck. Matt, you want to give yours? And we wish Jim luck. And all we, the, we, uh, we, we wish Jim luck. We hope he does well. You're right. Matt, all the U of A students who are there diligently uh, hitting the textbooks. My best bet, uh, let's see if I can actually get one right today, is Montana plus seven heading to uh, Weber State, which is notoriously a strong home court. But we've talked about how it's not been as such this season. I've actually been really good on the road. Uh, in a conference that has one of the best home courts historically and this season per the data. Montana beat Weber um, back at home a while ago. So Montana has proven they can actually play with Weber, like one of the few teams in this conference that's actually been able to go punch for punch for 15 rounds. Could argue it's a good revenge spot angle for for Weber. I just think Montana's good. Seven's too many points. That's it. Yeah, I lean your way. I think I lean your way, Matt. Okay, my best bet is a gross (laughs) underplay here. Murray State, Austin P under 136 and a half. The last six Austin P games have gone under. They're playing super slow in the OVC. They want this game to be a crawl. They do not want Murray State to have the basketball. Concern is Murray is Murray. Can maybe name their number, how many points they're going to score tonight. But I still think it's a strong bet. Murray P under 136 and a half like that angle. I think Caleb Stone Carewell is still out for Austin Pizza. He's been arguably their most valuable offensive contributor. Son related, of former, related to, uh, yes. Yes. Son Chris of Carroll. Uh, or current is, is Chris Carroll still on the Duke staff now? I believe he is. And he's, yeah, somewhere, I think, right? St. Louis of Matthew. St. Louis. That's right. One of my dad's favorite player. Met him at the final four. Great guy. Stand up guy. Love him. Yeah. Good. Good to hear, man. Good. Good Carewell tangent. But yeah, that's it. I agree with your best bet. Nice job. Thanks, man. Hey, shut us down. Hey, folks, thanks for joining. I'm um, sorry Jim could not see us or see this through. Uh, the U of A library runs a tight ship. And for that, we salute them. And we salute you and wish all of you uh, best of luck tonight on your wagers. Again, subscribe, like. Thank you to Phil of 68. Thank you to our fine sponsor, Bet Rivers. We are back tomorrow, same time. We are not. Time. We are not. We're off tomorrow, back We're on, off tomorrow. on Saturday. And that show will tip at its usual time at 1030 Central. 10:15 10:15 Central, 10, 15 Central. God, 11, on 15. Saturday. 
Eastern uh, time zones are tough. All right, folks, that's all we got today.